Well, welcome to the uh, Tales from the Trail podcast, everybody. I am your host, Kristen, and today we have Anna and Christy Barrington, twin mushing sisters of Scene Double Sled Dog Racing. Welcome, you guys. Hi, thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to have you on the show. I know um, it takes a little bit of time to get mushers on since you're so busy training for the Iditarod and um, kind of planning for all these changes that's happening. But why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about your your team and training together and, and how your um, your teams are doing training? Uh, yeah, we've live in, in Kinnick, which is um, historically a, a, was a big part of Iditarod, the, the start uh, at a checkpoint many years ago. Um, we're about a quarter mile away from the historic Iditarod Trail where we uh, raise and race and, and train our, our cattle. We have 53 dogs. Um, training is going really well. The snow conditions here in Kinnick are actually pretty nice. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask about the snow. I'm in Wasilla. So kind of the same area. So is it are the trails pretty good? It's been raining at least where I'm at here, pretty much in you know kind of downtown Wasilla almost. Yeah, it's been overall a really nice winter. Anytime that we did get some some warm ups, it was followed by some fresh snow. So it's been really nice. Uh, recently, we did get some rain, and it did make things a little icy. But we got a couple inches of snow since then, so we're able to run from our house again but we've done a couple of few road trips and a few uh runs out from deshka area which was uh fun and cool to do because that's where the restart's gonna be um so but overall it's been nice i mean been enjoying a lot of camp outs with the dogs and um yeah they're, they're everybody's looking really good it's nice to be um down in this area with your team then so you can go kind of check out the Deshka area then. Um, I did. I do follow you on your social media on Instagram, and it looks like uh, you've gone out recently to do some runs, and some other I did rod mushers um, are also out on the trails. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll see other teams along the trail and stuff like that. We did or uh, run intentionally with Nick Petit just to be interacting with some other teams out there, and um, we'll see other teams over out training. Um Ran out to Yetna several times. It's a the river's in really really good shape, so that's nice to have that for an option and for that to be a, a so available to us. And especially this year with it being, you know, the start and the finish by Diderot is is Deshka. Are you guys worried about the it getting too warm on the way back? I think I hear a lot of chatter about. Well, what if it's it's too warm? We've had kind of a warm winter and it can't decide if it wants the rain or snow now it's you know below zero i think uh last night it got below zero so it doesn't want to make up its mind <laughs> no yeah it's kind of been all over the place but i think worrying about the weather is a waste of time you can't control it so you best might as well be able to respond to it and yeah it might be warm but it might be cold it might be snowy it might be whatever it is so it's a whole new experience for everybody, this this route and race. We're all rookies to it, but um, just have to be prepared for everything, as always, with I did a run. Yeah, you, I guess you really can't uh, count on the weather either way, whether you're going to Nome or uh, we have some uh, kind of adjusted route like like we have here. 
and and now you've both raced the adjusted Fairbanks route, and now it'll be the adjusted uh, Gold Trail Loop route. So you've you have been racing the I did rod long enough to really have a a really good scope of all the different routes you could take. So so that should be that's a pretty cool experience. Not yes. everybody's gonna get to do this run, and I don't expect us to really have to do this this route again. So yeah, been, I think it's been good to be have raced the years where it has been moved to Fairbanks because you know we are ready and adapt to change. Um, so having this uh, happen this year is just another way to adapt and change, and um, everything's happening with a relative or uh, early amount of time to get things figured out so it's it'll be all good yeah we, we're pretty good friends with Jeremy Keller who is probably the only musher especially in recent years who has run the Iditarod Trail backwards so we were talking to him and his experiences he had last year with his solution to um, going home to be with his family because of COVID was to just turn around and go home so he's run you know, up the gorge, he's run, you know, up the steps and done the, the reverse trail. So it was really interesting to get his uh, take on the whole whole route for this year. Yeah, I that's right. I forgot about that. Um, and he did. Yeah, he had to go. go he decided to go back and mush back. Um, any interesting insights that he had? Um, any did he give any tips or is it? Is is it just well? Just take it as it goes. Oh, there was some of that, but uh, one of the things I found pretty funny was when he was going back through Rainy Pass Lodge. The horses, the feral horses that the well, they're not feral. They turn them loose for the the winter. There, the parents do for their uh, guiding service. They come and eat the hay. That's why we use hay at Rainy Pass, so the horses clean it up that the horses were there at the checkpoint eating the hay and they were even eating the hay from out from underneath his dogs while he was trying to rest there. <laughs> and they were pretty uh, stubborn and pushy about it. So that was really um, a funny, and he's a great storyteller of a funny story that he had, but he said the uh, dropping back down onto the happy river is extremely exciting and even more so than the traditional happy river step. So that to be prepared for that, but Hopefully our dog teams will have a few more miles than his did on it when he um, had turned around. So maybe they'll be a little bit more manageable. Yeah. Um, another thing that we had talked about with a, a I had talked with another musher is, um, well, the trail will be driven, had been driven on. So on the way back, maybe it'll be packed more, you know, maybe unless there's a, you know, big snow, I guess coming back might be faster, you know, I guess. Yeah, the Iron Dog is running on its twice as well, so there's going to be a lot of traffic on the trail prior to our use of it. And even the ITI, which is the human-powered Iditarod on skis and bikes and, and foot, they're going to Ronan back, so they're even um, utilizing the same kind of strategy as Iditarod is for of having a, a safe race. Yeah, I, yeah, that is a lot of traffic. So, you know, maybe it, it will be nicely packed and maybe it'll be faster on the way back. Um, we're all kind of 
waiting to see how fast people get to checkpoints and it is a shorter in miles so we're wondering if it'll be a shorter race as far as time as well or if it will bring more surprises so maybe it'll just be longer because people kind of have to take it slow we're not sure so it's a really interesting race all around yeah yeah it's gonna be different for everybody nobody's done it like this before from volunteers to the race marshals and everything to to the mushers and dogs themselves it'll be interesting and different and as it's interesting that what the dogs will think of when we get to Iditarod. like, oh, we're turning around. So as they go back that way, all those things are familiar. Even for the dogs that this is their first Iditarod, they're like, oh, we're here again. I mean, they know that stuff. So hopefully it'll make it a little bit easier or uh, mentally easier on the, the rookie dogs. But it's it'll be really cool. It's, it, I'm glad Iditarod has figured things out, and it's just gonna, it's going to be really neat. That's kind of an advantage for us training out to Yetna and Squetna that our dogs will be like, oh, hey, this is easy. I know where we are. We're almost home. That I think we Trained might all the time. Yeah, we might get a little bit more of a response from them knowing that they know where the finish line is. And even our rookie dogs to the race will know, hey, we're almost home versus yeah. not many people get the opportunity to train from White Mountain to Nome. Only your veteran dogs really know that the finish is coming soon. Yeah, so it's more of a comparison comparing experience for mushers that live in the Fairbanks area when they're doing the quest that when they're mushing home from the white horse end of what that's like for dogs to become familiar with their home territory um, and finishing a race like that. So how many dogs do you have to get all together on at your kennel? We have 53 dogs here at our kennel. Six of them are not our dogs. We're training them for a couple other mushers and it just helps us to be able to have some more dogs to choose from and uh, be able to train more dogs and that kind of thing. So that that's fun to do that. But it's hard to give those dogs back because we fall in love with them. Um, and we each, and we, we have a handful of puppies and a handful of retired dogs that we have. So we've each kept in training basically about 18 dogs each to, to pick our top 14 from. And how soon do you pick your dogs at the teams that we'll run oh because we're only each training 18 those ones will all of them will be in it right until you're picking your top 14 and the 12 that you'll take for the ceremonial start if that happens so i mean right up till the end you're making those decisions whether you know sickness or injury or a female comes into heat or um whatever happens that that those that decision really isn't exactly made until uh, you're filling out your vet book. Yes, you have your dream team and your ideal 14 that you'd like to take, but sometimes um, other factors come in that you might choose a different dog over another one. So that kind of has happened. You know, those choices are happening right up until uh, till the start of the game. Do you have any um, – you have returning dogs uh, this year, right? Veteran dogs always have some dogs that are familiar with the trail, you have a good mix of of new dogs and veterans? Yeah, we have a, quite a lot of dogs that they've been on the Iditarod Trail before. They've been, well, I mean, in this case, it doesn't matter as much that they've been to know that doesn't have as much as a, a factor as it does other years. But a lot of dogs that have been to the race start have been in that environment and that kind of thing. And we do have quite a few dogs that this will be their first time um, 
so it's good to have some some fresh eyes on it and it's great to have those veteran dogs to kind of keep those young guys in check and everything so yeah we have a good mix of it it might be like 60 percent veterans and 40 percent uh noobs (laughs) (laughs) yeah um it's always interesting to see what the mix of veteran dogs versus rookie dogs and how you introduce them to the Iditarod and all that goes into that planning and strategy. Um, so it's, uh, this is going to be obviously a different year. So <laughs> your veteran dogs, maybe they will be kind of like, Oh, we're turning around. Huh? Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, they're smart. They know they know that this is going to be different and that kind of thing. So it's yeah, just just gotta take it as just a, a fun, great, maybe once in a lifetime thing to be able to be a part of. And some of our veteran dogs have never done the southern route before. Maybe they've only done the the northern route. So this will be interesting for them to even you know see part of the southern route only to turn around. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't really think about that. Dogs only going on the the, do you do that on purpose, or has it just happened to go that way? No, it just, it just happens. There's so many different variables that contribute to whether or not a dog starts Iditarod on your team. So okay. Some have done both, some have done one, some have done none. Yeah, okay. So, Christy, you started to run the Iditarod first, right? You had a, a, started a couple years ahead of time. Yes. To Anna. Yeah. So does that mean you're the you're the oldest? Did you are you the oldest of the twins? <laughs> Coincidence. Coincidentally, yes, I am five minutes older than Anna. Whether that has anything to do with anything. <laughs> you gotta uh, go try it out first before uh, he let your baby sister go, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no. <I> no. Don't. <laughs> So did you both have plans to do the Iditarod together and you just happened to it work out for you to go first or was it both a, a goal for both of you at kind of at the same time? Uh, definitely a dream to, to go do it and it just happened to work out that I was uh, fortunate to have that experience for a couple of years before Anna had the opportunity. And um, <clears throat> what are your goals this year? Um, strategy. Uh, I know we kind of talked about, you know, it's a different trail. Um, you had a pretty good finish, and both of you did in 2019. Um, of course, last year you weren't able to to finish due to some family emergency. But um, what are you? What do you have your eyes on this year? Uh, what do we have for what? Uh, what do you have your eyes on? Are you, do you have like goals to like, I know everyone wants to win, but are you like, well, let's at least try to do top 10 or top five or uh, anything like that. Or are you just trying to run the race? Well, primarily I think for everybody is to finish the race with a happy, healthy dog team. Um, and we want to see improvement. We want to do better yeah. and do our, mm-hmm. you know, whether your your best finish, your best time, your best, your you know, best group of dogs that you finish with as far as finishing with, I'd love to finish with a full string. I finished with 12 before. Um, like there's a lot of different uh, goals that we have there. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of different definitions of having a successful race without winning it. I mean, yeah, you're in it. You have a chance, but I wouldn't take that to Vegas. 
Well, your last, uh, your run in 2019 was pretty good. It seems like to your race record, um, it seems like you, you two have, you know, improved. And so I, I mean, you're, you're up definitely two up and coming mushers and, and favorites. So, um, I still feel like we're learning things and we're still making changes each year to try mm-hmm. to get better results and finding out, but there's not one magic formula that works for everybody. There's no magic number of, okay, you, if you have, you know, 2,500 miles on your dogs, that means you're going to do good. And this is how it's going to work. There's no one way to do it. So we'll talk to other mushers, see what they're doing, trying different things and seeing what works best for our crew of dogs. Cause they, they're all individuals and they're all different. So it's, it's trial and error and finding out what works best. Yeah, um, definitely different for everybody. I'm sure everybody's going to have even, you know, different different strategies this year with all the changes. Um, when you're when you're out on the trail, do you at, in the Iditarod, do you plan to run together or um, does it just kind of happen that way most of the time? Uh, do you do you try to, you know, just kind of go along at the, at the same pace and fin- try to finish the same? We do um, train together all the time. All our dogs are on the same training plan, and Ann and I are, are very similar as, as human beings as well as our um, strengths and weaknesses. So in years past, it's been kind of we all train, or we both train all the dogs, and then it's kind of comes, uh, I did a run time, and it's kind of like a, you know, kickball team okay Anna you pick one I pick one kind of thing but this year we did something different to where we designated dogs to each of us and I only trained a certain group and Anna only trained a certain group with the idea of having an A team and a B team so Anna has a very strong capable team but I feel like we stacked my team just a little bit more Anna had the opportunity to race most of our um A-team dogs in 2018 while I ran the race with my husband, Andy. Um, we kind of took the uh, the younger dogs, the um, less experienced ones, and had kind of a, a plan to more or less travel the race than really um, compete. And Anna did really well that year, and it was really fun to watch her um, up there with the, the, the front 20. And uh, I'm really proud of what she did and how she finished and the experience that she gave to our dogs that I think has made them a little bit better today. Have you done any other races this year? Or do you, are you just doing the Iditarod? Um, unfortunately, our very first race of the year got canceled, and that's the um, Alpine Creek excursion. So we did, we did that okay. race on our own. We ran to the lodge and back. And then Jeff King held a very fun race called the Denali Doubles, and we raced in that, and we got fourth place. And that was the first time that Ann and I actually got to race um, the same team together. So I feel like that race was kind of designed for us. And it was a lot of fun to be able to do that as one unit with, um, 20 of our dogs. Um, uh, we had a really difficult year with COVID as far as, um, making ends meet and also, uh, sponsors doing everything that they could for us. They also had a, a rough year. So we weren't able to, uh, to race, uh, the Willow 300 this year, like we normally do, but uh, we're doing our own simulated race. We already did. We didn't do the Copper Basin, but we did a simulated 300-mile race on the, the Yetna River and the, the trails around here in Connect. 
with um the, about the same amount of rest and and race uh route if you will so we're definitely making do with what we can afford and also to keep our our eyes on our training goals so the other race we have a plan for is the goose bay 150 which is in the middle of february it's a fun local race and um it runs we'll be running on part of the iditarod trail that we'll be on this year and we look forward to doing that when it's a shorter race but it's again what, what uh we feel comfortable affording at this point yeah covid kind of just kind of throws everybody for a loop this year so many changes and you know so many you know businesses that are a little bit strained at the time at this time but hopefully we'll soon be back to normal we as a race hoped that um you know the vaccine distribution would be quick and hopefully it would make a difference before our race started so um we, we were hoping not to be as constrained but um, it, it still kind of is what it is and we're, we are all kind of working through it, but we are definitely happy to have you two in the Iditarod. You are, you know, followed very much. You have a lot of fans that, uh, like to follow you. So we're happy to have ev everyone we can this year. Thank you. We're grateful for the race to be there because it, it is a race, but it's also an adventure and something that we look forward to, uh, you know, the, when you cross the finish line, you're already thinking about the next one. It's a lifestyle that you, you're you accustomed to and just enjoy so much that we're really uh, grateful that there, there is a race and they're taking the necessary precautions to have a safe race. Yes, and we are still really deep in planning and um, uh, in our prevention, our COVID prevention plan to make sure everybody is distanced and masked up and, you know, low numbers of lower numbers of volunteers so we don't have you know any um unnecessary you know people out there who just you know the people that need to be so we are still working through it day by day to to get everything together and ready and like you said we we still don't quite know about the ceremonial start hopefully we will know soon if we're having that so um, it's all coming together, though. Uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, something we can't wait for. And it's a, it's a good one to watch because of all the changes. And it kind of gives people a break from, um, you know, all the COVID news and worries. It, th this sport, I think, really helps. Um, it's something different that we can follow. <laughs> yeah, there's a musher town hall meeting um this friday that we're looking forward to getting some more information and getting some questions answered so we're looking forward to to being a part of that and um seeing what everybody has to say and what kind of additional information that uh i did rock can provide us with our uh, pre-race planning yep yes yep we are getting down to it so um with your um training you do other sports as well you know running cycling um what how all does that play in with your personal fitness we you do you know the dog fitness and dog care um but when it comes to you two the human fitness does that play a big part in it to you know keep fit and ready for this race or all the races that you do 
Yeah, we. this is something that we enjoy doing. We like being active and doing things. It's, you know, when you go from such meticulous training with dogs and record keeping of their mileage to just stop doing that in April is kind of a letdown. So we jump right into our own training program along with just kind of fun and maintenance runs for the dogs. But unfortunately, last summer, a lot of our races were canceled anyways. So there wasn't... Um, a, a lot of uh, marathons to look forward to but we did participate in as many races as we could and also just had some of our own adventures my husband and I have a tandem bicycle and we rode all over Alaska hundreds of miles and we also participated in a virtual Iditarod over the summer which allowed us to take any sort of physical activity and advance yourself down the trail so Anna who's an active swimmer and swims in Kinnick Lake all the time they were able to take the miles that she would swim and um through a small mathematical process, calculate into how many um, human being running miles that would be and uh, race with a bunch of people from all over the world. So that was a lot of fun, and we actually did pretty well with our small team. Oh, that sounds fun. And I imagine you really can, you know, there's so many different running trails here and hiking and, you know, here being in uh, this area, there's pretty much wide open spaces. So... It's a bummer that those races get got canceled in the summer. A lot of stuff did, and, you know, it's all scaled back. But hopefully this summer we'll be back to normal normal training, and uh, it, it's kind of more fun with other people. So <laughs> Yeah, competition's fun. So um, summer training with the dogs. Do you guys have a uh, an open kennel where people can come do dog tours with you or is it just strictly you know your own training uh facility we don't have a business of any kind or any sort of official advertised touring it's kind of word of mouth or you know friend of a friend or somebody visiting from outside that wants that you know whatever so it's just kind of organized as a case-by-case -case basis we don't have anything official and we work all summer with our with a different job that it's kind of like okay if you can work in something on the weekend and that kind of thing so we don't have anything that's like a real business or advertised but we're not i mean we're not shy we're happy to share our beautiful dog with people okay yes it just really depends on uh the musher some do do it that way some have you know the business that, so they can uh run in the summer uh with people and do you guys have do you guys do puppy a uh, puppy litter in the in the summer or no we don't no. breed a lot okay. every once in a while we'll have a litter of puppies but uh you no know, we keep our numbers really small we i mean we only have 40 some mm -hmm. dogs just for two iditarod teams and that includes some of the retired dogs that we have that are are hiking and running uh and puppy trainer buddies yeah yeah and we have a lot of our dogs in the kennel are spayed and neutered just so we can control our population and there's so many other amazing and educated dog breeders and stuff out there and it's just easier to manage your numbers when you can tell yourself okay i'm gonna allow myself to buy two puppies this year instead of having a litter or two which you know one litter you could have 11 puppies in it and that's mm -hmm. that's a huge undertaking so that's just kind of how we are approaching it anything um specific you you uh to do for nutrition for the dogs that you find 
um, helps them during the race or train, any kind of um, special regiments for them? Um, no, I don't think anything top secret yeah. or anything like that. We do feed a lot of raw meat. We do feed a lot of fish because we have access to it. And I think salmon is definitely a superfood for people and um, for our dogs. So I guess that's kind of our our secret there. Well, we um, a lot of people follow you on your, your Instagram, and we get to see all your dogs uh, on there when you're you're doing videos and stuff. So everybody kind of enjoys that. So keep that up. We love to see all the dogs. Um, is there anything else you'd like to mention uh, before we close it out here? I'm pretty excited on my team. I've got a litter of five. There are trouble puppies, and they were in um, my and my husband's wedding, and I felt like I've kind of really been possessive and taken over those guys on my team. I just, I really just adore them. We don't breed a lot of dogs, so just the fact that I have all five of them on my team is a lot of fun, and their names are Mayhem, Ruckus, Rampage, Havoc, and Chaos, and at times they definitely live up to those troublesome names. Um, and I think the other major portion of my team is actually another litter of dogs that we had several years ago. It was like our first, our first litter of dogs that we raised, and that makes that's another four dogs on my team. So right there, there's nine dogs on our team that were born and raised here at Seeing Double Sled Dog Racing. So that's kind of special that I've got that uh, on my team and as a running together as a group. Well, all right, you guys. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, happy to have you here and talk with you, and uh, gives everybody a chance to to get to know you both and uh, follow you more. Could you tell everybody um, where they can follow you and um, social website, all the good things? Uh, yeah, we do have a, a website that our sister cat kind of organized for us. She's really good at uh, publishing pictures and putting up updates and things like that when we can't get to it. And also having a blog during the race, it's a way to get some really good information on what, you know, is happening with mine and Anna's race aside from everybody as a whole. So you can get, you know, names of dogs and, you know, what our strategy is and stuff like that. So it's a really great thing that she does just on the sideline there. Yeah. And that website is seeing double sled dog com, And then we also have uh, Instagram, which is at seeing double sled dog racing, which we love to share dog pictures. And we still haven't quite dived into the whole Facebook with seeing double, but I, Christy Barrington post a lot of uh, dog related things just on my personal page. Yeah. Starting to dabble in TikTok and twin sisters racing. So see if we could get that figured out with more fun dog stuff. Yeah, that um, I will be looking for that. Um, so there's going to be a uh, on your website a, a blog. There is a blog, and you is that something you usually do every year? Yeah, our sister cat does sister that cat. every year. An excellent race recap, and um, she includes history of the race or certain checkpoints, other mushers, and uh, it's just she does a fantastic job. Yeah, she's in touch with our dog handlers and our kennel help here, so then they can update what's going on back at the kennel and you know, those kind of things. So, yeah, she does a great job. Oh, nice. Yes. Uh, we'll definitely let everybody know, every, of course, everyone listening to the podcast to check that out. Um, so she is, your, so your sister cat, is she uh, out 
she'll go and, and help you with the Iditarod and then she'll just kind of she just kind of sends that those that blog information as you guys are going down the trail yes normally she would come yeah. for the race but with the COVID this year she does not plan on doing any traveling okay well but there still will be a blog yeah. through relay phone calls with uh, my husband and our um our friend Erin who's our our dog corresponder and stuff like that Oh, good. Yeah, all all the logistics change with COVID. It's uh, it kind of affects everything down to the smallest smallest thing, and you know all these little details. So, but I'm happy to hear that um, that's gonna still happen. So yeah, and we'll all follow that. I'm very interested to see you go down the trail. Thank you again for coming on the show. Happy to have you. Um, we're always excited for Iditarod time, and we are closer and closer. Yeah, it's getting there. We have a little countdown here, kind of a Christmas Advent calendar that we've uh, refurbished into an Iditarod countdown calendar, and it's at 39 days. Oh, well, you'll have to post a photo of that on your Instagram. <laughs> we will. That's a good idea. We might need to start that, too. All right. Christy and Anna Barrington, thank you for being on the show. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.